DJ PK brought to you by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. BYU, Navy, tonight, 6 o'clock on ESPN. It's the season opener for the Cougars. So, if you're rooting for another team, especially you, Ute fans, if you're rooting for another team, Utes, Aggies, well, Especially Aggie fans, yeah, come Somebody on. else out of state. How you feeling? Bart says, as a Ute fan, I hope Navy beats the crap out of them. There it is. Bart's old school right there. 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. BYU must be beaten. Yeah, just to acknowledge them as your rival, and that's what you should want. Uh, Dave says it feels more like a spring scrimmage than an actual game. Yeah, well, that's not true. Some fans want the big payoff, PK. You live for the moment and the three-hour game and the competition and winning and losing as a standalone event. If BYU goes 8-0, if they've gone 12-0 with the schedule they were playing, hello, New Year's 6. Hello, playoff. If they go 8-0, what happens? They won eight games. I mean, (laughs) that's, that's all I can say. I don't know what happens. Do they have any shot at a playoff or a New Year's Six? No. Some level of national. I don't know if there's a New Year's Six. You're going on the assumptions of that there'll be bowl games. No, right? Yeah, I don't know. There'll be bowl games. So I can't say what will happen because literally they might not be played. I just take them one at a time, DJ. Clearly, thanks, Coach. All right, you know who else takes them one at a time? Catholic Matt. He's gone old school. Eight five five three four zero zone. He just called in. Catholic Matt. Good morning. Yeah, that's old school. It is a glorious <laughs> day, brothers and sisters. We all get to get around the TV tonight at 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern, wherever the freak you are, and get to watch the little boy strap up and play some football, baby. I am pumped after this whole freaking year of the stupid pandemic that's going on, all the social injustices in the world, everyone rioting and going nuts and crazy, we get some calmness, we get some football, we get some chaos between the lines, baby. And I am excited for it. I cannot wait. Here are my keys of the game. BYU needs to control the line of scrimmage. That's an obvious answer. It's an obvious take. But they need to hold Navy under their their uh, their average, which was around 300 yards a game last year. It might have been a little bit more than that. But I say they need to hold them under 250 yards rushing. They need to stop that fullback that they have. Navy's got a fullback that's really good. And uh, if you listen to Jake's podcast, he'll tell you all about it. The other thing I think that's really, really important are obviously turnovers. But here's the deal. It's even before they get out on the field, it's in the locker room. All right, with the way this year's gone crazy, and I hope the coaches are selling it to these guys, and maybe they have been through all these practices. You get one game today, boys. You get one game to go out there and to show the whole world, the whole country, what you're made of. Don't make it, don't make it uh, inexcusable to lose. You've got to win this game because you know what? In two weeks, you may not be playing Army. In three weeks, you may not be playing the next game. In four weeks, you may not be playing the next game. This is one game, dude. You get to play this one game, and you do not know what the future holds. You've got to win this game. It's that important. If you don't want to be known as as uh, 0-1 going into the season and not maybe playing any more games, 
You got to be one and zero. You got to win tonight, man. You got to do it, Kalani. This is an important game for Kalani, in my opinion. You know, it's so important. It's important for the BYU fans. It's important for the institution. It's important for for. It's important to me. I want to see them play well. I don't want to see them lay an egg. I don't want them seeing you know turnovers all over the place. I don't want to see penalties. I don't want to see all that kind of crap that they normally do in that in that game against Utah when they when they play the Utes. This is our Utes game right here. This is it. This is it. You got to get up, strap up, and you got to come to play the game. You got to want it more than the other guys. All right, and Catholic I'm Matt, so you, have, you have given us a list of things there that uh, that we need. Some cliched, some intrigue me. Here's one thing I definitely want to know off of that whole diatribe. Did Jake give you five bucks to mention his podcast? Not at all. All right. Jake's a good dude. No, not at all. And I would say that to any of you guys there, except for maybe a couple of guys like Gordon. But hey, here's the deal. <laughs> wow. <laughs> here's the deal. Here's the deal. I'm just excited football's back. It's awesome. It's it can hopefully bring a lot of people together. Something that's what sports is about. It's to bring us all together. You know, get the politics out of the crap. Get get all the social injustices that they want to talk about. I just want to watch a game, man. I just want to watch a game, win or lose. Play hard. At the end of the at the end of the game, whoever's the better team wins. And I think that's I think that's what a lot of people want, and what a lot of what what a lot of people want to see. And I thank you guys for being on today. Thank you for being being there on a on a Labor Day to to talk about it. Uh, I I listen to you guys all the time, even when I'm living up here in Idaho, and it's, it's just awesome. So thank you. Keep it on. Keep keeping on, and thank you very much for what you guys do. You guys have a great day. All right, hey, before right, you go, Catholic you. Matt, before you go, yeah, uh, Scotty and Hands want to know where in Idaho. Idaho Falls. Now oh, there it is. All right, thanks, Catholic Matt. We appreciate you it. You guys take it easy. Yep. All right. All right, a lot there. That's that's a hardcore football fan who's going to be very happy to see that kickoff go spinning into the air. Long time BYU diehard. Oh, yeah, long time. Catholic Matt's been calling shows since before I was doing sports talk radio. He's been there forever. And a good guy. <laughs> You're good guys, except for a couple of you. Gordon. Well, I'd agree with like that. Like Gordon. Most, <laughs> most especially, I'd agree with that is, with Gordon. Is Gordon a couple of guys? <laughs> Well, no, but he he named he said a couple and he named one. Okay, you know I think that life is about routines, right? We we do the same things over and over again. You know they become part of who we are, and that's not necessarily negative. And, you know, and then we occasionally we cut loose and go on vacation or whatnot. But you know we have our routines, and most of the time we're comfortable in those routines. And when those routines get interrupted we don't like them like for instance you know i don't want to jinx myself but if i were to get any sickness and i can't get up and go to and go to work and be on the radio it just doesn't feel right well now we're in september without college football it just doesn't feel right so we're going to have just a, a little bit of normalcy it's in a normalcy in unusual circumstances but when that ball goes in the air tonight you know, get back, and I know sports and the, and the NBA, these guys, and Donovan Mitchell have been talking about activism and all, and for many of us, we want sports to be an escape. What's interesting, especially at the college level here, is that sports might be the ultimate form of activism because you look at tonight, you know, it, Polynesian, Polynesian head coaches – they're coaching 
African-Americans. They're coaching Caucasians. And who knows what else is involved in this. And obviously, tons of Polynesians play football and all. And But yet, on that football field, nobody gives a crap of what you look like and who you are, who you line up next to. That, that's your brother right there, man. Your football brother, your teammate. There's a bond there that is extremely special. And you're working for the same goal. And you bring a lot of differences to the table. But those differences, they, they're not negative. They actually enhance. You get to know Bob and John, and they may be a different race and whatnot. And you get to know Bob and John's parents and family. And, and you end up liking them. So it's funny. We don't. For some folks, we don't want social activism with sports but actually that is the ultimate form of social activism in terms of how we can all work together for the same goal and whatever differences we have they don't really matter who cares this is really interesting because you have the negative rep and i have the positive rep and i'm everybody's little buddy and you bring up what you say is true to a point you know, there are certainly examples of that. There are people listening to this right now who've played spo- sports, who coach sports, who are probably thinking of specific people in their lives, right? People they would never know if it weren't for sports and brought them together and they found a bond. Different politics, different religions, different uh, racial backgrounds, different whatever you want to throw out there, right? And at the same time, you know, you have seen players find recently and there's a black guy hitting a white guy in the face. And there are people upset that, well, why wasn't he suspended? You know, yeah, in but the that's bubble, not your teammate. it's too, you're, you're right, it's not the teammate, but it's, sports isn't bringing us together. And I see someone comment on social media, always go to social media if you need a big dose of uh, negativity. Uh, and immediately people are responding with gifts of an Oregon running back hitting a guy in a handshake line after a game at Boise years State. Ago. Right, yeah. years ago. But Garrett yeah. Blunt, Byron Howe. Exactly. Um, so, yes, there are all these positive stories, and yet at the same time, uh, there's plenty of negative stories and negative video out there, too. Well, the, the, And I'll the, leave it to me to be, be negative because that's my role in this show. They're competing for the same goal, so that's going to bring out emotions. But yet at the same time, Montrez Harrell says what he says, and then I see a white man from the other side of the world, yeah. not from the U.S., from the other side of the world, hug, hug it out. And tap him on the back. Mid-court, I got you, brother. You made a mistake. You said something that, that you, acknowledging, you shouldn't have said. That's why you're apologizing, right? You wouldn't be apologizing if you didn't realize that, hey, I shouldn't have said that. I'd like to apologize for saying the right thing and doing the right thing. Yeah. Said and no, I, and I trust no, Harold in his motivation. He looked very sincere, his body language, as I watched that. I couldn't hear what was being said, obviously, but he looked contrite. So we're going to make mistakes. And, I'm, I'm, and I got it, man. I'm not talking about getting your knee on someone's neck and killing them. That's more than a mistake. I understand that. I got all that. So I'm not dismissing the level of seriousness going on here. In some cases, I also think that there's positives to be had, not not from that situation, but from this situation here that you just brought up with the sports things there. And I don't remember 
Blount paid a he played a heavy price. Wasn't he suspended, suspended forever, for the rest right? of the year? Yeah. Yeah. Did he? He never played college ball again, did he? Nope. Uh, he's had yeah, a good NFL what, career. All things right. He's been around now for a while. You know, Pittsburgh and and the Jets and all that stuff. But uh, so yeah, I get it. We're, that that's the thing about it, though. Would all these problems that we have, we're never going to eliminate them. If you're looking for complete and total elimination of whatever racism, Perfect. whatever whatever Perfection. ale is out there, Perfection. we're, we're never going to get it. Nirvana. So you can go looking for it, and you'll find it. I promise you, you'll find it. And then you, it's up to you what you do with it. You'll find it because it's going to be out there for the rest of our lives and the rest of your grandchildren's lives. And how, I don't know how long you people think this world's going to last. Yuck. I don't know, 10, 20, 30 years. 30 years? I don't <laughs> know. Yuck, you got a date? Are you? A, no. Yuck. The Mayan calendar already came and went, so we're good. Man, if it's only going to last 30 years. And- you got, got a few, some living to do. To, go, to, go to the beach. According to Mormon theology, we got a few more things that got to happen before we're we do. Here. Yep. Well, what the hell has to happen? Oh, you don't want to know. It's all bad stuff. Oh, suck. Jeez, you Mormons, you could be downers sometimes, huh? We can. <laughs> well, but nevertheless, Catholic I love Matt's, Mormons as a people. I love them dearly. And Catholic Matt's listening to your podcast, so you got that going for you too. Score, I'll take it. Yeah, that's a win. All right, DJ and PK, everything you missed in this show coming up next. And it's a holiday Monday morning, so we know you missed a bunch of stuff early. An hour ago, we had uh, we had Pete Medhurst here, play-by-play voice for the Naval Academy, uh, sharing all kinds of knowledge with us. We'll get to that next. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Everybody has been, we want to play as soon as we possibly can. And we're ready to play. We'd be ready. We could be ready to play a game in two weeks. Uh, just get the pads on, and our guys have trained without a without a pause since June 15th. So that's our position. We're ready to play as soon as we possibly can play. <laughs> there is head coach Jim Harbaugh, Michigan Wolverines. It's go time. You know, PK, if you step back from uh, all the emotion, all the excitement, all the disappointment, all the uh, all of that. And you just look, if you want to know who's going to be good in college football for the next uh, 10 to 20 years, the schools that really, it, it really does matter more some places, regions of the country and schools, and the people who are talking the most, who are pushing the hardest, largely, not completely, but largely are the winners and the places like, you know, Texas and Florida where people are just, and the whole South for that matter, where people are really passionate about football and we're not we're not hearing anything from indiana and purdue and rutgers <laughs> we're not hearing a peep man we're hearing a lot from michigan ohio state and penn state and if you wonder who's if you wonder who's good and why they're good and you've always said this about budgets look look at the budgets and you know the schools that want it the most yeah they absolutely demand it their fan bases yep. demand it i mean you, there's really you know i've been in all parts of the country i've been so fortunate 
and that's it. And I miss I miss college football dearly because I've been traveling with college football for two decades, and you know to to be in Ann Arbor on game day. I mean, my gosh, I, there's places that match it, but is there anything better? Having been there multiple times, no. <laughs> it's just it's just something that is really just unbelievable. Uh, and I don't have a lot of experience at the NFL level uh, with that, but I do have some, and I and, and I'm biased towards the colleges versus the NFL. And to be like Seattle, I was there last year when the Utes played Washington. I stayed that extra day in Seattle. They played uh, Tampa, won in overtime, and so I was up there in Seattle. And you know they have a great fan base for the Seahawks, but I still think that. If I compare it to the the colleges, it's more game day is more exciting. In the NFL, it's more about the game itself. And, you know, did you win? You're going to go to the playoffs and all that type of stuff. And that's probably the way it should be. And in colleges, yeah, so much excitement that goes into it. And then in Ann Arbor, just using Jim Harbaugh because that's who we played there that you know there's a cool downtown area and they play most of their games during the day so everybody goes over and if you win you uh you just the town is electric i was there the last time uh remember byu got slaughtered by uh, michigan right and uh, so I was with my wife came with me because we've got well she's got a lot of family in detroit and so we visited them a few days before did all that stuff and then we're in, uh, we're walking around that downtown Ann Arbor area, and I see this giant of a man, black man, and I see his back, and I think, wow, that dude is seriously tall, and it's a, it's like a gift shop of, uh, like a bookstore with memorabilia from Michigan and paraphernalia, I should say. So is this in that neighborhood that's not far from campus? Yeah, it's very close. Yeah, a little. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, they got restaurants, and it was early mm-hmm. in the year, so it was a nice day. People were outside. Tons of people everywhere, right? Yeah. Well, this huge, tall black man that I went up to uh, and saw from behind, and, and I got close to him because it was a small store, was none other than Thurl Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> Big T? Was it a Michigan game? His son was taking a recruiting visit. Ah, okay. Ah. The timeline makes sense now. Yeah, so he and his wife were in this store, and his son was with the team doing what they were doing for their recruiting visit. Yeah, so I just thought that was that was sort of funny. You and Big Uh, T hanging out in Ann Arbor. (laughs) (laughs) So I I tap him on the shoulder. Like I can't reach his shoulder. I was going to say tap him on the elbow. (laughs) And I said, "Uh, "Excuse me, sir." And so he turns around and he sees me. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing here? Yeah. I just turned on ESPNU right now, man. They just finished the Navy uh Kansas State game. Oh uh, really? Last the year. Cotton Bowl? Uh, oh no, Navy Kansas Liberty. State. Navy Kansas State, sorry. Yeah, it's Liberty Day. I had BYU Kansas State on the oh, line. Okay, gotcha. I just, no. I was just checking our TV Flash. here, but you you remember we're the tennis station and Yak insists that we have the US Open on at all times. Uh, oh, of course. Yeah, about that. I think that's the only channel I can get to work right uh. now. So <laughs> And you know what they're playing now? Tennis? No, no. Well, what on ESPNU? Zinger. It is now uh, the uh, BYU Tennessee game. Oh, really? You know, nice. This game has got an incredible run, man. That was exactly one year ago today. That BYU Tennessee game. Yeah, what 
a phenomenal game on that. You know, we haven't talked a lot about this, too, but, you know, I want to see the Cougars really play well because I've been talking about activism and causes and the virus. And, okay, well, now we're just a few hours away. It's got to get about football because you're right. I've been downplaying it to an extent. I've noticed. But you're right, DJ. It's about winning the football game. What? Yeah. I've been downplaying that aspect. But now that we're just a few hours away, you're yeah, you're totally right. It's about winning the friggin' football game. And Zach Wilson, last time I saw you play, you got loose with the ball. And you better correct that, man. Because you in that Hawaii game, there were some crappy turnovers there. And there were some dumb plays that the Cougars made. I'm tired of making the having them do dumb plays. Because the potential is there for them to win football games. We saw that. You don't hand Boise State its only loss and beat the other team that you beat by not being a quality football team. So I'm expecting some quality football here today. And they better freaking deliver, or I'm going to come in tomorrow, and I'm going to be, you know what? Yeah, that's what I'm going to be. Donovan Mitchell? No, what the hell does that have to do with anything? No, oh, because Donovan Mitchell's the B.A. That's his oh, nickname. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah, yeah. going to come in, you. and you're going to yeah. be the radio I, B.A. I got you, I got you. radio got version you. of Donovan yeah. Mitchell. I got you, know, you, yeah. Minus the, you know, step-back three-pointers and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, now. you yeah. didn't follow me okay. there for a minute. I didn't know. Now, yeah. You're going to be cranky oh, oh, oh. if BYU blows this. I really yeah, feel like... Yeah, there's no reason why they should lose this game. The best programs they're playing this year are Navy and Houston. Now, the Houston game is going to be... You know, at that point, we'll know if Houston has a good team or not. You can look at the last five years of Houston football and the last five years of Navy football, and they're up and down. But they have been the upper echelon of the group of five most of the time. And because BYU can't get Power 5 games this year because, well, most of them, <laughs> two leagues apparently aren't going to play at all. A third league isn't playing any non-conference. And then you got two other leagues who are saying, uh, if we're playing non-conference, we're only going to play a home game. And we want to play somebody in-state. You know, the politics and all that. And if you're in Oklahoma, you're going to play Tulsa, right? And if you're in Texas, you're probably playing a Texas school unless you get talked into a made-for-TV game with USF. So, these are their best chances. Now, maybe one of these other teams will end up being good and being all that, and, and somehow it'll end up being a big game. But we always talk about it, and it's kind of it, it's different this year, because everything's different this year. But, you know, you can just go to last year's schedule, right? You got a handful of games to make an impression, and then you just not, you got to win the, win the rest. You won't get any credit uh, for winning them, really, but you'll get, you'll get that demerit, right? You get that check mark if you lose the game, which we know they lost to Toledo and, and Hawaii and, and USF, right? And if they'd won those games, it wouldn't have been a big deal, but it would have made the USC and Tennessee wins that much bigger. They would have been, yeah, they're 10 and 2, and they beat USC in overtime. But they didn't get oh, that. Heck yeah. They didn't get that, you know? Instead, they're 7 and 5, and they're going to go play Hawaii. So it's on a lower level this year, but there's going to be three conference champions headed for a playoff, if everything goes as scheduled, in best case scenario. And then who else is going to be mentioned for the fourth playoff berth and the New Year's Six Bowl games? If BYU is going to be in that conversation, they have to be 8 0. Now, maybe they know they won't be in the conversation, and maybe there won't be a conversation, because maybe, you know, it'll be winter and flu season and a second wave, and maybe we won't have bowl games in a playoff. Who knows? But let's just go best-case scenario for now and worry about the other stuff if it goes wrong. 
best case scenario, BYU needs to make this impression. It's that it's ESPN's big crew, and these guys can't watch 65 football games on an average weekend when Herb Street's got to do a show in the morning and then a game at night, right? He's going to see this game. He's going to see Zach Wilson. He's going to see the receivers. Do they make plays? If they make plays and win, it'll be stuck, stuck in his brain. And he may not go out and say, oh, they're the fourth best team. There ain't no. They ought to be in the playoff. But at least in a conversation, he'll, he'll bring them up and say something positive about them. And you're always recruiting. It's always about next year. Take what you can get. So make a positive impression on Kirk Herbstreet tonight and then see if he repeats it five or ten times over the course of the season. Yeah, and you know last year BYU's first play from scrimmage, they were friggin' offsides. I'm watching it right now. <laughs> I'm sick of that. Don't do stupid bleep stuff anymore. You got a lot of experience there. First freaking play. The kickoff went in the end zone, so they get it. We get it at 25. Still 15 minutes on the clock. And they're offsides on a first place, so it's first at 15. That's completely and totally unacceptable. Knock it to freak off. I don't want to see that. Second play, they hand it off to Tyson. Oh, no, it was a play-action pass. Oh, Wilson, he had 15. Who was that, Efo? Had him wide open. It would have been six. Suck. I don't want to see that. Did you know that Zach that Wilson grew up a fan of Utah? That was just had a picture of him there at the Utah game. That wasn't the first play of the season because that was game two. So it wasn't the first play of the season. First play of the game where they had a chance to win is what I'm talking oh, about, Oh, I see what you did there, sucking up to Ute fans. You're such a Ute. I'm a Pac-12 guy through and through. Hey, man, the joke's on you. And second play was pass interference in case you didn't remember. <laughs> we're going to get play the, by play of the Tennessee yeah, game now. The shoe why don't yet? we get to <laughs> why don't we get to Pete Medhurst, the play by play boys for the Navy wait, Academy? Wait a second, because I want to say a, one more thing. Okay, if they win this game tonight, I'm expecting tomorrow when the polls come out, they're ranked number one. <laughs> there we go. No. <laughs> yes. Why no, not? Because they both have the by best win. law, it has to be Alabama. It has to be Clemson. It has to be Georgia, and it has to be Oklahoma. No. No, now, no, no. Maybe they can be ranked number five. But by law, not by rule. I'm not a referee. <laughs> by law. No. I'm going the law of numbers. They'd be 1-0 with the best win in the country. Taking down Navy. Yeah. So a couple things. Uh, Pete Madhurst came in in all uh, sincerity, was talking about this secondary, Navy's best secondary. Now, I don't know what that means because I don't know how yeah. good all the Navy's secondaries have been, but that and a legit pass rush. Okay. No knock against my good friend Pete. You're not buying but, it. But they have this quarterback. He's got a cannon arm. When the hell has Navy ever had a quarterback who's had a cannon arm? They've had a bunch of spaghetti arms. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the best secondary they've ever had. And I mean, He makes Todd Graham seem negative. Yeah. <laughs> this was the best Thursday practice we have ever had. <laughs> so for more positivity, uh, The Athletic had a story previewing the opening weekend of college football, which was like kind of like a – off-Broadway semi-opening with no Power 5 teams playing. And most of the NFL draft picks are in the Power 5, but we know they aren't all in the Power 5. So they did a thing on 10 players to watch, right? Uh Because they're NFL prospects. 
And, you know, they're sprinkled across the country and there's a bunch of Texas kids and all that stuff. But one of them, and I can't remember which one, I think it was number seven. Number seven, BYU's offensive line. It was the only group. Everybody else was a specific, you know, this, this lineman, this linebacker, this safety, this running back, right? And then it was BYU's offensive line. And, it, and they said in there, everybody got like a paragraph, right? So it wasn't deep and in detail. But their point was that depending on which team, which GM, which scout you're talking to, they like up to four BYU linemen. Now, not all this year, uh, a couple juniors, a couple seniors. Um, maybe they'll come out early. You know, we'll see how well, that juniors are out. draft eligible. Yeah, so right. Say. But everybody gets another year of eligibility too. So it's it's all yeah, met. But but the point a lot is, of these kids are return missionaries. They got to get going. Exactly. But go ahead. But the but the point for the game is, give the court. If you got four guys, you're playing Navy, and you got four guys who are potential NFL draft picks, and let's say two or three of them get drafted, and the others are in as free agents. You still. You should be able to move Navy's defensive line and your running game, which I think we all wonder how good the running game is. The running game should be getting four or five yards carry here. And quarterback ought to have time to throw. If you've got four guys that NFL scouts are checking out and at least two and maybe more are going to pass the test and get drafted, that part of the line of scrimmage you need to control. And I know stopping the, the option is a whole different beast, so we can talk about that later. But offensively for BYU – the quarterback needs to have time to throw, and when you have third and short, I don't know how good your running back is. I don't know which running back will be out there. I don't know if it would be more a power guy or more a speed guy, but you need to move their defensive line. And if all the offensive linemen are laying on the ground four yards downfield, then third and two ought to turn into a first down. Okay. And fourth and one. Yeah, go for it. And fourth of 25 from your own end zone instead of punting, <laughs> run a fake. Uh, maybe not on that one. <laughs> All right, anything else you yeah. took away from uh, Pete Medhurst? You kind of you pushed him a little bit on the whole Maryland-Navy uh, thing because they've kind of got the whole Utah-BYU-Utah State team where you got you know teams that are within an hour, hour and a half and I, I don't know all the geography there from, from the Naval Academy. If you found out 90 minutes, you probably hit more than just Maryland. They'd be the closest team, I would think. Oh, uh, yeah. But yeah, they got some teams playing and some teams sitting, right? Because the, the Big Ten, the ACC's playing, so Virginia's playing, but Maryland's not. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. You know, where you've got uh, teams in states, and which, which is happening in a lot of different states. Teams playing and Iowa and Iowa playing. State, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, Indiana with Notre Dame. is Notre Dame is go. playing, but Indiana and Purdue are not. Right. Yeah, that's the same state. Pitt, Pitt Different will... time zone, interestingly enough. <laughs> I've state. never been able to figure that out. <laughs> uh, Pitt will play and Penn State will not, so that's another place. Yeah, I know. That's that's crazy, man. And I, I would hope that those ones who aren't, would not actually be rooting against themselves in a sense and hoping that this doesn't work. Because I'm hoping very much that it works. Because the sooner, the better it is for the ones who are playing, the sooner the ones who aren't playing can get back. And at least if, you know, if football's a mess, well, let's try to salvage basketball. Right, but I think the whole thought is if this can be played, then especially with improved testing going forward, you would think there ought to be a way to carve out a... Five to eight game season, November, December, January, February, 
uh, you know, salvage some of that TV money. Uh, over the weekend, we were we talked about this earlier in the show. Uh, the Utes, um, all the changes in the athletic department, the furloughs. Some people are going to be out a week. Some are going to be out eight weeks. Uh, jobs were lost. And if you recoup some of that money, hopefully you lessen some of that pain. Yeah, well, that's interesting there. But we're not supposed to do this because these are student athletes. And all you just said was the money. Well, that's because it is money. I mean, I get get, season for money, and that's it. Presidents and ADs don't want to say it, but three of the four richest contracts, TV contracts, they're all done by conference. Three of the four richest are playing. Six of the ten richest are playing. At the lower levels where it's not about the money, uh, the championship subdivision, the Division Two, Division Three, there are a handful of schools playing. The vast majority are not. Now, you get to the richest level, the top 130 schools, the majority of them are playing. But even then, it's three of the top four leagues are going. Yeah, but they see, they can at least spin it. Now, we're playing to win the conference. We're playing in the case of a few who compete at that level to win win it all well that your five to eight season that you just put together if it happens it's money that's it yeah you're playing for nothing else nothing else get some get some game experience so hopefully your man can you imagine if they play zero games then you've got how many guys in your program then who have no experience. I mean, I know they're going to give him another year of eligibility, and some players will come back. Britton Covey's done interviews. It sounds like he'll come back for, as he liked to joke about it, his eighth year. Um, but a lot of them won't, and then you'll have two classes who haven't played at all, and it seems like you'll be – you don't play those games. They're going to be at a huge competitive disadvantage. No, they're not. They're going to be older. They're going to be more mature. That's what we've been hearing about for years with BYU. Yeah, now, all of a sudden, they're at a competitive yep. disadvantage when yep. all these years we've heard it was actually a competitive advantage? Yep. Come on. You're talking out of both sides of your mouth. No. And you've been the biggest no, offender. No, no, no. I'm talking out of both sides of my neck. Let's get the misquote well, right. Your neck is so big and muscular, you got about five sides. I think I can make my neck crack right now. I got a Pentagon for a neck? Oh, and it comes back to Navy. I see what you did there. That was brilliant. That was well done. Just like your stakes. DJ and PK, uh, we talked a little bit about the playoffs. Houston, the Lakers. The Lakers very disciplined defensively, which in this case means nobody run at Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Let him have that three-pointer. He might make it. But that's our best bet. And he was 1 for 7 from 3. He was 4 for 15 uh, shooting the ball. And the Lakers win the game. And the Laker bench wildly outplayed the Rocket bench. It's dramatically so. Yeah, I think that I like about Westbrook is afterward, he said, I'm just running around out there. i got to go watch film and see how I can make myself effective to help this team. Transition. So Transition. He's, he's owning it. For all the flaws he has in the half court, which you didn't notice in Oklahoma City as much because he had the ball in his hand. And so, but when he's off the ball, because Harden obviously needs to have the ball in his hands, when he's off the ball, it highlights the weakness in his game. He's devastating in transition. In the playoffs, it's hard to get in transition. There isn't as much of that, but he is so good at the transition game. Yeah, but see, I think that, uh, yes, certainly he is, but I think that you can reduce, even in the half-court offense, him just standing at the three-point line. I think he needs to move with a purpose, because he's best, whether it's He's best moving, mm-hmm. and it does doesn't moving doesn't have to be exclusively limited to transition. It can be 
uh, all sorts of ways. You're going old right? school, man. PK says he doesn't know the game. See, right now it's space. You just kind of stand and, you're, and you space the floor. Yeah. But in the old days, PK, is. there were screens on the offside, on the weak side. So, yeah, a back screen and he's cutting to the hoop and that kind of stuff. But we, that's kind of gone away at the NBA level. And that's Well, I think that's up to D'Antoni to get him where he's most effective. And standing at the three-point line is not where he's most effective. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. That's the stuff we've been talking about this morning, and it is all brought to you by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram in Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. Your feedback, oh, man, now in the 9 o'clock hour on Labor Day, people are up. It was crickets at 7.15, but at 9.45, hot takes left and right. We'll get to that next. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Big Show. Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Are you ready? You guys ready? Apparently, Aaron Rodgers, for all the years that he was playing for the Packers, was mad at McCarthy because McCarthy was with the Niners and they drafted Alex Smith. All these years, Aaron Rodgers held that against him. Right now, as we speak, are you holding a grudge against somebody? No, no, I try not to be a real grudge holder. I've got a word doc of a list. Do you have an actual (laughs) enemies list? How many are on it, Lawson? Uh, 26, I think. I think you need to start scratching names off that list. Not scratching out names on the list like done, eliminated. It's that, a forgiveness I mean, thing. I, yes. That's not a completion. <laughs> exactly. Vengeance had. Cross off. Turn this up. Catch the Big Show. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Your feedback brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $3.59 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. Here come the hot takes, PK. Yeah. You'd fans be honest. What are your feelings when BYU plays Navy on national TV on Labor Day? Yogi says, like any big brother, take a back seat. See little brother get some spotlight for a change. How's that for some condescension? Eh, not bad. Uh, Marcroft forever at Marcroft forever. Bill Marcroft getting a shout out from some Ute fan. Uh, I'm excited to hear another sad at Greg Rubel postgame show. And they added Greg to see if they could make him feel bad. Yach was doing a spit take. Yach just got a drink of water, didn't see that coming. And okay, having worked with Greg Rubel, getting my start in radio with him, I have sat through many a quote-unquote sad Greg Rubel postgame show, so that's actually pretty funny. That's funny how if your team, if your rival loses, you listen to you the listen post-game. to the postgame show, right? Is <laughs> the more ex- the only most time I've ever done night. that. Now, I've actually done that a couple of times when I've been down in Tucson and the Utes have beaten them. So I'm driving back from the stadium to the hotel in Tucson. I have turned it on. It wasn't necessarily to wallow, but just to get some reaction because I'm in the car. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think last year, man, there was a ton of frustration. So I actually, it was unintended and I didn't plan it, but I did actually enjoy it. Brandon says the Pac-12 has been garbage for years. No, it's not. <laughs> garbage, PK. And you'd garbage the best one to be invited into the Pac-12. So shut up. Well, that's different. <laughs> I do think on the list of reasons the Pac-12 isn't playing football, right up there. Look at those empty stadiums at Stanford and UCLA last year. Is it, are those fan bases really going to go nuts because there isn't college football? 
I think the USC and Oregon fan bases will go nuts, and I think the Utah fan base will go nuts because I think there's a lot of passion in those fan bases and a fair amount at Washington and ASU, but I don't know. Oregon State and Arizona going nuts. UCLA well, I think and Stanford. They would if you had winning teams. They, they yeah, right. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> I think the reason, the number one reason why they're not playing is because Kevin Warren said no. Okay, he's not playing, we're not playing, and everybody else didn't follow us. We thought we were leading. That was Pete Medhurst's theory right there. We're leading. We're going to get out in front. And I think it was Desmond Howard. They're concerned about their safety, and they they know I mean, that it's not in the best interest, and they wouldn't let their sons do Jim it. Jim Harbaugh is saying, oh, we can play in two weeks. Let us know. Well, Kevin Warren's son is playing Kevin Warren's son State. is playing. Yeah. So I don't want to hear it. If it's so safe... Are unsafe. Now, why is your kid playing? And I realize the kid's an adult, but how about you come out and say, I'm against my kid playing? As far as I know, the man hasn't said it. He has not. That's because, as Pete Medhurst said, the presidents are calling the shots, not the commissioner. He doesn't have the cachet to tell the Big Ten what they're doing. Fine, but don't tell me that he's got the safety in mind. Say that it's the presidents that just, for whatever their reasons are, and if their reasons are, but I don't know that you can put it on individuals at the conference level, but the Pac-12 just, I mean, they just look like a bunch of puppets in this, and they're just doing whatever the Big Ten wants them to do. BYU sucks at BYU sucks tweets at us. Cheering against the U.S. Navy is, by definition, anti-American, and therefore the choice is easy. All caps, exclamation point, go Navy! And a picture of an aircraft carrier. Steaming. I don't know, steaming. Like the aircraft carriers are steamships. <laughs> steaming across the Nuclear ocean. Nuclear reactor something. Nuclear such? reacting across it. Steaming sounds Yeah, better. that's all well and good, but if they would be playing Middle Tennessee, you'd be cheering for Middle Tennessee. So quit hiding behind the flag. Oh, on that note, PK for the win. <laughs> Drop the mic. Walk out, PK. There you go. See ya. All right, we're out of here. Hands of Scotty are coming up next. Have a happy Labor Day. We'll see you tomorrow morning from 6 to 10 on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.